welcome to episode 257 of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning. How you doing today, yeah. buddy? Good. You should take it away, because I'm going to fade into the background yeah. for like this episode in a big yep. way, because you had a, a special interview. I did. Yeah, right before we started, Eric and I were playing a game of Jinx, and I got him. So he's he's not allowed to talk for the whole interview. That's yeah, uh, that's that's, true. that's how it goes. Anyway, yeah. uh, do you yeah. want to announce our special guest, Eric? Our special guest is Mike Quinn. Mike Quinn is a puppeteer, animator, actor, director, producer, voiceover artist, puppet builder, composer. Mike's best known for his work with the Jim Henson Company, as well as the Star Wars franchise, where he performed the role of Nine Nub in Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. Now, Eric, yeah. you've always had a special fondness for this character. For nine up, yeah, yeah. Me and my me and my friends always uh, enjoy. It's just the way he he reacts to everything Lando does yeah. in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Is, is it because he's the uh, he's Lando's co-pilot? Yeah. In Return of the Jedi, on the assault of the uh, the second Death Star, and every time Lando says something like "Whoa, that's kind of close," or "Hold on," Ninnub is freaking out yeah. or he's laughing. Yeah. Ninnub is having a great he time. Is. He's the perfect Lando. wingman. That's the thing. Yes. He's the perfect he's, wingman. Whereas, like, Chewbacca and uh, Han Solo are like an old married couple, yep. uh, like, out of um, uh, All in the Family. Okay. All in the Family? No, <laughs> yeah. the other one. All in the Family? The Where they're playing on the piano at the beginning. That's All in the Family. Yeah, where, where they're an old married couple out of, yeah. like, All of the Family. Yeah. Ninnub and... Uh, and Lando are just like two best buds yep. on a road trip. They're they're going to California, having after the, the time Star, of their lives. California, yeah. Yep. So, um, but other films and television work that uh, Mike Quinn worked on include Little Shop of Horrors, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Toy Story Two, Jurassic Park Three, Glee, and most recently the Showtime series Kidding. And you know what? I'm not even mad about Jurassic Park Three because I would never blame the puppeteers for Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's all Joe Johnson. <laughs> yeah, inter- some interesting stories about Joe Johnson, too. We talked about that. We talked about just how they worked it to get Nine Nub into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. So some mm-hmm. some pretty cool behind-the-scenes stories here. We, we really get into it all. Mike was kind enough to do a family program as part of our Imagine Your Story summer reading program. So that was something that was done over Zoom and was uh, interactive. And he was kind enough to follow it up with a special interview here on the All the Book Show. Uh, so let's just dive right in. Hello, hello. Hello, Mike Quinn. Is that you? It is Mike. Yeah. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Well, it's lovely to talk to you. My name is Nick Gunning. I'm the library director Nick, at the. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Good. Well, that works. You yeah. found me. Yes. <laughs> brilliant. Yes, it worked just awesome. fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to do the programming you did today. Uh, I, I know, especially in times like this where everybody's trapped at home and and looking for something interesting and unique your story certainly fills that need so thank you very much for doing that oh good thank you yeah no my pleasure absolutely yeah if uh if if there's anything i can do that can help someone or entertain them or 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 give them an idea about something then i'm more than happy to do that yeah well i certainly appreciate that let's just dive right in mike quinn thanks so much for joining us here on the all the book show thank you so much thank you for having me Boy, I'll tell you what, looking at your filmography and the things that you've worked on, it's like everything that I've loved about childhood and adulthood. It seems like <laughs> seems like you've you've had a little tendril in there at some point. So it's just it's fascinating to look at the career you've had. 
it is a bit weird because yeah, I mean, most of my earlier career was all sort of UK based, sure. you know. But that's because I, I think it was they had better tax breaks, so they could make <laughs> um, you know Star Wars and Roger Rabbit and oh, Little sure. Shop of Horrors and all kinds of things like that. Dark yeah. Crystal Labyrinth in the UK, it was just a bit cheaper at that time, you sure. know. Um, and then it wasn't, and then it was again. <laughs> so yeah. you know, and say. So, Harry Potter's and the new um, new Star Wars films. Yeah, and certainly. Like that. You, you can sort of follow the money. It seems like when you're looking. <laughs> you know. I think I think that's true. So I mean, that was really fortuitous for me. Sure. You know? And then I went to the states in '97 uh, to to animate there to expand my sort of horizons and and knowledge and and different ways of bringing something to life. So I became a character animator. But, okay. So yeah, I've kind of gone from. From the uh, sort of analog film uh, physical world yeah. into the all digital realm, and then you know it's kind of come back a bit from that back to practical uh, puppets, uh, animatronics, um, and uh, you know shooting on film again, yeah. uh, which we never thought we'd see again. Sure. And then now we were sort of getting a, a nice, really sort of blend of the two, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, where it all comes together quite nicely now. So, so yeah, next month will be my 40th year of, of uh, being a puppeteer in, in the industry, which is insane because I'm only 35 now. So I don't quite know how <laughs> of course, that. Yeah. I don't, of course. Who knows? <laughs> Happens to the best of us, I guess. Well, when, when I look at it and I see the different things you, you've done, it just seems like any one of those, one of those areas you've worked in, you know, whether it's puppeteering or, or animation, like you're saying, any of those, just one, I feel like would be just a fascinating career to have. And, and some would be really fortunate to do that. But you've done it in so many different forms, you know, it's just, it's really interesting <laughs> to see that. Yeah, that's true, though, actually. Yeah, I mean, sort of initially, of course, starting with actual Muppets, you know, mm -hmm. being a Muppet performer under Jim and assisting them and doubling up for their characters and things like that. But then it kind of quickly moved into animatronics and creatures uh, for the Dark Crystal and then Return of the Jedi. Um, and then, of course, in, into animation. So, but, but uh, we've sort of gone from, or, or you know, stylistically, from from sort of car living cartoons, which is what Muppets kind of are in a way, um, to to real life creatures in the real world that that you have to believe are completely, you know, real. You know, that 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 like uh, the Star Wars characters and things like that, and then um, uh, facilitating in, in effects kind of things like like in Roger Rabbit and and um, uh, Little Shop of Horrors as well. I guess is another. Uh, Example that you know, when we were filming Little Shop of Horrors, there were like dozens and dozens of puppeteers all under the underneath this giant oh, plant, sure. yeah. pulling all these cables and and sweating away and building up big giant shoulders and neck muscles, you know, for months on end working this thing. We we knew CG was on the horizon. Thing, oh, yeah. when are they going to invent Seriously. CG? Because this will be, it'll be done with CG and we won't have to suffer anymore. I know, but I'm... of course, there, in reality, you know it. it it just wouldn't have been the same if it was, uh, you know, the fact that it really is there in camera on set. Yeah. Um, you know, casting shadows and when the mouth closes, it, it pushes air out onto, onto Rick Moranis and you can see his hair move from it and things like that. You just cannot get, get that with, oh, with sure. uh, 
CG in the yeah. same way. Oh, that's so. definitely true. But, you know, to, to so, hear you talk yeah. about all that, all that goes into those, you know, big practical uh, puppets, it, it's... I mean, I'm exhausted just hearing you talk about it. So, I mean, <laughs> do you need yeah, to have, yeah. like, the forearms of Popeye to make that work? Like, what what does it take, upper body strength, to get that Usually going? not. Um, okay. That's an interesting question, actually. I mean, I'm not I'm not fit by any means. I mean, usually, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll go – there might be a few months where you sort of recover and hide away and, and uh, you know, do, do nothing. So you become very unfit and unhealthy. Sure. And then suddenly the next day you have to be running a, what the equivalent of a marathon – in the puppet world, suddenly, you know, you're doing 12-hour days with heavy, you know, what characters sometimes yeah. on hot sets, you know, running around, being in really awkward positions, for example. Um, and so you, you sort of have to go from zero to 100 uh, overnight, which is not the best thing. So then, you know, often afterwards, there's a little bit of pain and recovery involved in joints and muscles. But the thing is, you can't really train for something like that because... Yeah. Every job that I do requires a different set of muscles. And, oh, I didn't know I had a muscle there before. Ow, ow, ow. You know, some weird side stomach muscle that yeah. you've never needed sure. in the last, you know, <laughs> 40 odd years or something. Suddenly it's like, oh, okay, I need that one now for this particular puppet in this particular position, you know. So, you, you know, you need different different things for different jobs. So so the, the, the your best friend is, is technique, mm-hmm. basically. Um, because if you think of it like, um, learning to walk, right. I mean, you, you don't have to be super, super strong to walk down the street, you know? Yeah. Um, you, you just, they just need to be, your leg muscles just need to be good enough right. to, yeah. to, to, to work and stop you from falling over basically, uh, <clears throat> which most of the time hopefully works. Um, but it's, it's learned, it's learned, it's muscle memory and it's technique and you don't think about it anymore. You know, you, when you're yeah. walking down the street, you're looking at the time and, and thinking, oh, what you need to get at the shops or, or, or whatever, you know, or you're having a chat with your friends or whatever. You're not thinking about how to walk, the mechanics of walking. Um, and you're not, you're not like some super strong leg person just, just to be able to walk. So really, puppetry is the same kind of thing. It's, it's muscle memory yeah. and technique. And uh, it's no, I don't think it's any, really any difference to, to playing a musical instrument in a sure. way. You know, uh, where where once you've learned, once it's just in there in your brain and in your body and in your your muscles, and, and you're, you're, it's in your wiring. You don't yeah. have to think about the technique any longer, but you can just think about you know playing that violin or that piano and performing you know performing that that music and 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 what you want to get out of it, and it just happens. You know, your yeah. arms just do what they need to do. So it's very much like that, uh, in fact. Uh, so you don't really have to be that strong, mm-hmm. and you don't have to, you know, the, if you're a bit stronger, it helps. If you have stamina, it helps. Sure. But but that's not really the secret. The secret is technique. What I think is interesting, and <clears throat> in, in, in what I think speaks to the skill involved, you know, going into something like this, is when you when you watch something, whether it's the, the Muppet Show or uh, The Dark mm. Crystal or, or something like that, yeah, you see those characters, and it looks so effortless, and it looks so natural. You know, I think you sort of take for granted just how much is going on Good. behind Good, the scenes yeah. or, or below the scenes. I guess is, or how is more much accurate. Pain is happening underneath, yeah. or, or yeah. how much sweating is going on? Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, yeah. <laughs> all you're I mean, left with, you just see Kermit having a good time. You know, you don't you don't is, think about yeah. everything else. And mostly that's that's true for us. I mean, you know, when things are going well, we're also underneath having a good time too, sure. you know, which is a wonderful thing. 
But every, you know, sometimes you have to navigate, you know, the set is often scaled down. It's like sometimes they're a third scale to match the puppets, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything's raised up. But then you, you have all these boxes and cables and monitors. So if you're walking, you know, you have to have a scene where you're walking from A to B to C within a shot, uh, you, you know, you you could easily just fall over and trip yeah. or, or whatever. And we all have done that and fallen off boxes. Sometimes we're up on boxes and we fall off them and get all kinds of bruises. Um, uh, you know, the, the last, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, portal commercials that, that mm. the Muppets did for Facebook. Yes. But mm-hmm. I was assisting yep. Kermit on that. Okay. And we're working with a new uh, uh, company for that that built the sets and props okay. and things. And I was assist- I was under the sofa doing like an arm rod or something for Kermit. And they hadn't nailed what we call spiking this, this, yeah. the the uh, furniture to the to the uh, the platforms that okay. were raised, and so the the sofa just slid right off, and you know it was a heavy like <laughs> scaled down leather sofa yeah. with wood and everything, and it landed on my head, and oh, you know one came running and stuff, and so there's things that you don't. I was fine, but yeah. luckily it was just my well, head. Good thing, I was yeah, fine. right. You sure? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so of course. <clears throat> it was my hand, thankfully. Right. Um, so uh, it was fine, but stuff happens, you know, yeah. and, and people don't think about that, um, but nor should they. But but then again, the, the upside is, is I say, that stuff is rare, and mostly yeah. you're just trying to have a good time yourself and, you know, sometimes being playful and a little bit of improvising around stuff, which, which is where the, the real life and fun can begin. Mm-hmm. And when I saw, you know, it just reminds me of when I saw Jim Henson at his happiest, would be when he would, for example, let's say, you know, he had a, I remember there was one thing we did, uh, we were doing wraparounds for Muppet Show. It was a clip show, as they called oh, it. Okay, so, sure. mm-hmm. so there would just be Kermit and Fozzie in the attic going through props saying, oh, look, at here's this ukulele. Remember when you did this sketch? And then they would, you know, they'd sell cut a joke the or scene, something. Yeah, okay. And then they'd cut to the shot. Yeah. So <clears throat> we were doing a whole bunch of those. And it was just uh, Jerry Jewell, the writer, you know, he would write stuff on the spot. He was the main sort of Muppet okay. writer. And there was Jim with Kermit and Frank Oz with Fuzzy Bear. And they were just goofing around mm-hmm. uh, in between takes and trying to come up with something funny. And, and they were just cracking each other up. And tears would be rolling down Jim's face with joy, with mm-hmm. laughter, with the frog on his arm. You know, he became a kid again. Sure. And what a what a wonderful thing that was, you I know, bet, to, yeah. to, to witness. Absolutely. So so that's the best that's the best of it all, you know. And those are the things we kind of live for, you know. Uh, and and we all become such such. We do really become like family. We oh, yeah. we, we yeah, become course. lifelong friends. Yeah. And and when a you know you you're in the trenches literally in the trenches sure, together yeah. for sometimes months on end weeks yeah. and months on couches end, sometimes. falling on your head or whatever. <laughs> yeah all kinds and yeah. we're all supporting each other helping sure. each other out and you know looking out for each other and all the whole the entire time <clears throat> working together to create this thing and so when it when it, something like that ends it's, it's really quite abrupt and that oh, was sure. something i i had to really i had a hard time dealing with at the beginning you know everyone went went away and it's like oh yeah so this doesn't this doesn't have to go on forever, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard thing to, uh, and I've heard about this a lot with other actors too, being on, you know, especially on films and long-running TV series and things. So it's not just me, you know. They yeah, get yeah. With withdrawal, I think, you know. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's true all the way down to just community theater or something like that. It's yeah, oh, definitely, you know, yeah. getting the post-show blues is pretty common. <clears throat> it's kind of part of it, the. Uh... Part, part yeah. of the experience, I feel like, is because you, you have yeah. that super closeness and then suddenly, where is everybody, you know? 
Where See, is I can yeah, imagine. they've all gone back to their lives, right. doing things with families and work, work yeah. and and uh, or they're in different. You know, sometimes in our case, certainly we're in different parts of the country. You know, uh, a lot of the puppeteers go back up to New York, and uh, you know, I'm I'm down in often down in uh, Southern California, okay. and some others are you know South yeah. Coast and UK, and we all literally scatter to the four winds. Yeah. You know, so it's not like you can't even just meet up for. You know, a, a drink and yeah. <laughs> whatever. So, well, so it's hard. Know, it's really hard. I'm sure. I mean, I, I always love it when, uh, especially in Muppet Productions, when they'll cut together a blooper reel or something. I'm thinking of the one on <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol or Emmett yeah. Otter's Jug Band Christmas, and you you get a glimpse into you know <laughs> just a little bit of like the camaraderie and the joking around and the riffing yeah, on what's some, going on, and it's just sometimes you do see that. It Not, gives you yeah, a, Disney a new don't do it as much now. Yeah, um, yeah, they kind of did away with all the the puppeteer seeing puppeteers and behind the scenes but but before then like you say muppet christmas carol and and stuff from that era and and before then jim was always fine showing showing puppeteers underneath and inviting people onto set Mm -hmm. and uh and showing you know how the things worked and and uh yeah the outtakes do sometimes show yeah show how we break each other up sometimes and and uh it's it's pretty it's pretty fun i must say i'm sure (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, let's go back to the beginning. I mean, how how does your association with the Jim Henson Company? How does that come about? Even how do you how do you get that opportunity? Yeah, I, I sort of mm, I kind of made it happen because I okay. was I not not being a puppeteer was not an option for me. Okay. <laughs> it's like you know I, this is what I have to do. You okay. know, I, I, want, I want to build puppets, and you know, I, I love Muppets. I love the Muppet Show oh, yeah. uh, as a a young teenager. Basically, I was still at school, mm-hmm. so um, you know, I I, I tried to copy the moves in front of a mirror so i was sort of self-teaching myself wow. technique uh at the time and trying to emulate and copy their moves how do they you know how how does kermit move that way and how does piggy move that way and mm-hmm. fozzy and what's what are they all doing what's going on there so i sort of learned actual basic techniques at that time myself taught, taught myself really yeah and okay. um built built a lot of uh, puppets with pocket money <laughs> you know parts abandoned body parts and heads and things as well okay. <laughs> from the puppet parts. graveyard or whatever yeah, in puppet graveyard that's yeah. right so lots of that so you know it's like i was already into the program as it were and it's like this is i thought at that time okay i'll have to do you know maybe some live shows or something like that you know yeah. which is was fine and i was thinking about how to do that when i left you know for when i did leave school mm-hmm. but um but i i um got to uh, visit the set of the Muppet show um, and uh, <laughs> uh, would visit regularly. They, they were literally half an hour from where I lived, which was oh, wow. crazy. Okay. So, so once, um, once I uh, made my first introduction with them, I sort of kept coming back uh, with puppets that I'd built and, and I would watch um, all kinds of guest stars, uh, Linda Carter, Diana Ross, okay. uh, Gene Kelly. Wow. Um, yeah, just one after the other, and but they all got to know me there, you know. They, yeah, they, they, it's like, oh, here's Mike. <laughs> yeah, right. And so the the puppet builders in the workshop, as well as the performers, would all, uh, you know, I just became a regular fixture, and I was still at school at that time. Okay. Um, so I sort of became a familiar part of the scenery to them, I think. Yeah. And then um, when I left school, I I literally asked Jim for a job. I gave him an envelope on location, said. Here you go. Wow. And, and uh, I, the, the thing is, what I'd heard 
years and years later was that Jim had said to somebody, well, he's he's hanging around the set all the time anyway. I might as well just give him a job. Yeah, <laughs> get a little work out of you, sure. <laughs> yeah, right, he's here anyway. I mean, so... He was funny though because he was so he was worried that the, because I was so young. Yeah. He was worried that he was taking me away from uh, you know potential college education, uh-huh. which is a valid point. Um, but for me, that there was nowhere to learn to do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, anywhere, you know, they were the people. They were the college right. education. They yeah, were yeah. the the you know the people to to, to go to. So so. Um, it was interesting though that he was worried about that, yeah. though, you know, and I never really heard about any of that till yeah. recently. Well, it speaks so. to his kindness, I think. <clears throat> so it's in, yeah, very thoughtful man, mm-hmm. very, very always concerned about everyone else, much like Kermit was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, but it was it was wonderful, I and imagine, um, yeah. well, it's, know, it and sounds I, to me like a young Mike Quinn, homemade puppets in tow, managed to be a pretty smooth operator, talked himself into the <laughs> into the Jim Henson company. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, absolutely. And it, yeah, it works. That stuff works. I guess you know? so, yeah. I mean, put, put yourself in front of people and be vaguely okay at something, you know, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't be terrible and don't be, don't be horrible. Be, be a nice, be, no, I was just very quiet and shy <laughs> sure. as well. So that didn't hurt. Um, so, so it, yeah, you know, it sounds like it, it happened pretty gradually, you know, as things just sort of progressed and, and you find yourself on the payroll, but I'm curious, what was the moment where, you know, you looked at yourself and thought, like, I, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, what was that first moment of shock where you're like, I'm here. I did it. This is it. That would be my first first uh, night on the Great Muppet Caper. They were shooting nights okay. on, on location. And, yeah, my first my first day working on Muppets, uh, you know, 16 years old. Wow. And... <laughs> And they were shooting, uh, it was the Swedish chef hanging out the back of the Happiness Hotel bus. Sure, yeah. Uh, that was my first puppet, my first scene. And I thought, wow, here I am working Muppets with the Muppeteers on a Muppet film. That's crazy. Uh, and I had no idea, you know, so I didn't know how films were made. It's yeah. like, oh, they actually take walls away and ceilings away so they can get lights and cameras in there. That's how they do it. I had wow. no idea. I was useless. So... <laughs> uh, so I was learning as I went, basically, you know, and the, the, the how how it all worked, you know. Well, that's um, a pretty. But that was the moment in time I remember it very clearly. It's like, wow, here I am. This is it, and it was scary and it was exciting and. Yeah, well, still, I mean, that's a that's a, that's a pretty impressive boots on the ground kind of internship you, you had there on the, <laughs> the great. See now the now those songs, Happiness Hotel, and those songs are going to be stuck in my head for the next six weeks. Absolutely. So thanks, <laughs> right. thanks for that. <laughs> yeah you're welcome yeah i know good stuff yeah so, oh my goodness me good times good yeah times. sure yeah well i mean i had a great time just watching it so i can't imagine what it was like you know behind the scenes now was it your association uh, with the henson company that led you to return of the jedi um i suppose in, indirectly i okay. mean um the the you know jim henson and george lucas uh knew each other anyway mm-hmm. i mean years later of course uh, george lucas was exec producer on labyrinth mm-hmm. But um, I think they knew each other from the when they had Star Wars guys on the Muppet Show. Oh sure, few years yep. earlier. Yeah, pretty classic. And plus, yep. um, uh, of course, Yoda in, in Empire Strikes yeah. Back was mm-hmm. was a, a somewhat of a Henson and Lucasfilm co-production yeah. in a way. You know, mm-hmm. it was some Henson people and you know Frank Oz and Wendy Wendy Froud and and then uh, Stuart Freeborn uh, from the from the uh, Lucasfilm side, the non Muppet side, I get non Henson side. So that was a collaboration, definitely. 
So, um, so basically, when Dark Crystal finished in eighty, there's like late summer of eighty one. Um, the next big film to come into the studio was Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. at the very beginning of 82. Like, you know, as soon as the January, uh, the Christmas holiday was over, we were in there. So, mm-hmm. so they were in pre-production in the, in the fall of, uh, 81. Okay. And, uh, we were, us puppeteers were the only people on the planet that were actually trained to work, uh, creatures and animatronics. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a new thing. Dark Crystal was pretty much, you know, the first proper, full-scale uh, animatronic uh, film okay. uh, with, with, with that, you know, animatronics had pretty well been invented at that point. Okay. So, so we were, we were trained up and ready to go and there was no, nobody else that right. could really do yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Very unique set of <coughs> skills. I suppose yeah. you found yourself with at that time. So, yeah. And I guess um, I had a good reputation by then. So uh, Robert Watts, the producer just uh, had a little chat with me Um late 81 at some point saying well we want to bring you in as a puppeteer for some different things and you know and we just chat i forget what we talked about now it wasn't much but um and that was it and no auditions and i didn't know what i'd be performing or anything just knew there'd be various creatures and uh started the beginning of january and just kind of went from one creature to the next as they came up and as they needed people and and things that i fit in with well for them i guess so so that it, it was very much an organic, natural, you know, it was almost like, oh, that's what you do. You just go from one film to the next. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice work if you we can get it. Was, yeah. It sort of in a way was how it was back then, okay. though, you know. So, um, so how did you go from doing individual creatures to actually like suit, <clears throat> suiting up in costume? You mean uh, like for, for the Nine Dumb character? Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, in the um, co- uh, Millennium Falcon cockpit with Lando, he was actually a, a hand puppet. Oh, okay. So he was uh, like a large Muppet in a way. Okay. My hand was inside his mouth. He was sure. worked above my head. I was laying flat on my back. They had to cut the base <laughs> of the seat out of the Falcon. Oh, okay. Uh, and they were really nervous about doing that because it's like, well, these are, these are 1973 car, race car seats. We can't get any more of those. Are you sure you want this cut out? Like, yeah, I can't get in there. You know, I can't get low enough. Right. So, uh, so they did that. And, um, it was worked as a hand puppet, essentially. Okay. I mean, right. initially he was a, he was a background uh, alien uh, uh, that already shot some some wide shots, other okay. scenes with it. And there was an extra wearing the just the costume, oh, but it was okay. a, it was a pull on a pull on mask with mm-hmm. no movement, no arch. And he I was see. just a background background guy. Sure. So, so uh, about halfway through the film, George Lucas knew that he needed a character to to uh, compliment Lando in the Falcon there, co-pilot. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and I guess he liked the look of that head. You know, he wanted an alien, you know, sure. like we, Han had Chewie, so he wanted something different and not non-human, I guess. So he'd picked that out. And I was uh, playing with playing with puppets up in the Phil Tippett creature shop uh, one evening <laughs> while Phil was getting ready for the next day uh, with the, the creatures and stuff. And, yeah, we are about halfway through the film, I think. Okay. Um, and I saw this nine numb guy and, uh, just the mask, you know, mm-hmm. and he was telling me that, oh, he's got dialogue and I don't know what we're going to do. Um, his mouth doesn't move, so we're going to have to cover it up maybe with an oxygen mask mm-hmm. and, and maybe just, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, just got to work, that work it out. Sure. <clears throat> and I thought that, I thought that was not very good. I thought that's, that's, you know, we can do better than that. Come on. Mm-hmm. So I put my hand inside and showed him how I could actually Work the mouth. I said, if, look, if you put grips in here and, and put a little mouth interior in here, I can actually puppeteer the mouth. Oh, um, wow, okay. We could, you know, pat out the head, put a little sort of foam brain in there and 
well, and I can work in as a puppet. There you go, going back to your roots, making homemade puppets. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was a, <laughs> definitely a puppet maker, yeah. and you know, and I built some stuff on Dark Crystal too. Okay. So I, you know, had actual uh, sort of yeah in the field experience. So I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, I guess he saw that. I guess Phil Tippett saw that, and and he said, you know what, that's actually a really good idea. It looks quite good. Do you want to sort of just do a little rig on that and, mm-hmm. and sort of get ready and we can maybe show it to George in a week's time. Um, so I said, sure. So I kind of did what I thought would need to be done and built out a little shoulder sex chest section okay. for the costume to sit on and, and uh, uh, showed it to George and we did a little film test um, and uh, showed it, you know, how, how he could talk and, and I uh, said they can just put a little eye blink mechanism in the eyelids so his eyes can close mm-hmm. and be good for like acting expressions right, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then I showed, oh, he could wiggle his ears too. And George seemed to like that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> put a little cable control in there. Okay. So uh, he asked, you know, well, how, how long? How long can you until that can be ready? And so the the creature guys said uh, about two weeks. So they flew the uh, the, the the head back to. Uh, from London to California to uh, to ILM okay. and uh, mechanized it out, and it came back two weeks later. Um, <clears throat> yeah, with a couple of cable controls, you know, one for the eye blinks and one for the ears, and suddenly I was performing him. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I somehow got myself that job, I suppose. <laughs> was that so, I mean, was that extra exciting to you, or, or for you was it just the same as as doing creatures? Oh, it was super exciting. No, okay, so really it felt amazing. like, like a big. Okay, <clears throat> I mean, hey, this is Lando for goodness' yeah. sake. This oh, I agree. Third, I just wondered if, from yeah, your perspective, this is the third film of the trilogy. This yeah. is what's going to happen. This yeah. is a big finish. Yeah, uh, this is the Millennium Falcon. This is Chewie's old city. It's like, yeah. oh no, it was like so you were feeling all that. Okay, so so yeah, one part of me was like, oh my goodness, you know, and exploding and, and yeah, and, yeah. Just so excited and scared and nervous, but then you know, by that time at least I knew enough to put on my professional hat and sure. play it, play it cool, yeah, yeah. and Smooth focus operator. on the job, get the job done. Yeah. But you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing, yeah. and I'm still like that to this day, really. I, oh, sure. I don't think we fundamentally we really change. You know, uh, I can I can put put my work hat on and, and get the job done and, and try to deliver stuff. You know, in the first take, if possible. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you have to do that. Um, but underneath, I'm still like, oh, this is so much fun. This is so cool. <laughs> and, and I do, and I miss it when it's, you know, when, when we're not doing it. And I, yeah. I, I, often I'm the first to arrive on set and the last to leave. Okay. So, you know, that hasn't really changed from then to now either. <laughs> now, I have to assume that when Return of the Jedi wraps, you don't imagine you're going to be revisiting this character ever again. Correct. Because, yeah, I mean, um, that, uh, at one point, I think during that time they were still talking about doing the final three. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. George had said he was going to do nine, so um, I didn't think that I would necessarily see him again. I yeah. thought maybe I think at one point there was a talk of a, a council of Yoda type puppets, and I thought, oh, oh I maybe I could be one of the Yoda yeah. puppets on the council. Okay, um, you know, in the, in the final trilogy. So I was thinking along those lines, mm-hmm. uh, but of course, you know, that didn't really happen as, right. as plans, you know. Um, and then when the prequels came up, I thought, oh, maybe I could, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not too old. I can still do this. Maybe yeah, I, yeah. Could, I could perform Nine Numb in the prequels, mm-hmm. or, you know, a younger version of him. But that wasn't to be. So it's like, oh, sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then of course, when the, the, the final uh, trilogy came up, I thought, oh, okay, now's yep. my chance. Here it is. Let's, let me get in there. So. So I uh, actually um, built a web page 
uh, with my credentials and pictures and and saying what I'd done in the past and who I am and what I could do in the future and how I could do nine numb again and da da da. And a friend of mine knew JJ Abrams, okay. um, and so I said, "Could you just email him this link for me?" And he said, "Sure, you know." And next day, it's like done. Wow! So, uh, <laughs> wow! You know, one has to make one's opportunity. One Absolutely. has to make one's own luck. Yeah, they got hold of uh, the Akbar, Tim Rose, and the voice guys and everything as well for Akbar. So, okay. so they may have done that anyway because they wanted legacy, you sure. know, performers. Sure, but. Hey, I wasn't to know that. So, right. And who knows? So, uh, but there's, I think there's a lesson there somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it seems like, you know, by, by being proactive and putting yourself out yeah. there, you, you've really, you know, it, been able to achieve a lot of your dreams. So now was the, what was the experience like working on, on the new trilogy versus return of the Jedi? Because you, you are a little <clears throat> bit in there a little bit more as far as like, you, you are actually costumed up in this one, aren't you? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, which was lovely, actually. I mean, now I finally had legs and I could, right. I yeah. could uh, stand in amongst the the main cast and run around and walk around. And I did all of those things. And uh, I fell over a lot because I couldn't <laughs> see half the time. Right. Um, but it was amazing to, 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 to sort of be able to use, still to try and get some kind of continuity in the in the thought processes from the original puppet. But then, you know, it's a whole different process now. It's my head and my body and someone else is working the face via okay. uh, radio control, you know, a puppeteer that I would I'd usually kind of coach them quite specifically, like, now I'm going to do this, and I, okay. want, I want you to do that. Uh, so uh, we'd rehearse with the head off first, and I'd say, look at my face, look at what I'm doing, okay. you know, and then plot it all out uh, during blocking <clears throat> and, and rehearsals before we put the heads on and start shooting, okay. you know. Um, I had an earpiece in my ear uh, so I could hear the, them talking. Oh, and good, sometimes yeah. I'd have a, a mic so they could hear me as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, that helped as well. So, but um, yeah, it was in some ways it was just the same because, you know, we still had hundreds of extras. We still yeah. had practical ships and mm -hmm. sets and, and uh, you know, the familiar uh, rebel type things, costumes and weapons. And, you know, it was in film, shooting on film. <clears throat> in many ways it was really just like being back there again um but except now you know it was interesting because a lot now a lot of uh, the crew and cast and extras that they'd recognize the character yeah they'd like oh he, is that the guy from the you know yeah yeah return of the jedi and i say yeah yeah and they'd be all excited you know yeah so there was that recognition and That's then when cool. i told That's them nice. well it was like it was actually me that was the original too and then they'd all sort of flip out and say, oh yeah, yeah. You're not old enough to. It's not possible. You're too young to have done that. In that in that That's film. nice to hear. Right? So, so that was good. But I just enjoyed. I mean, we shot a lot of extra stuff that didn't make it. Sure. But, sure. And I, you know, it's, it's. I wish some of that was in there. But, but um, <clears throat> it was just nice to to feel that I was just a part of the the, the gang. You know, uh -huh. um, walking amongst them and joking oh, yeah. around in between takes and and uh, there were there were you know all the main uh, cast were were sweethearts really they're all so lovely and accepted me as as one of them uh it was it was really nice well that's great yeah now i have to ask you there's been some debate about the ultimate fate of nine nub where do you land on that did, yeah it's interesting that isn't it? it i mean yeah yeah it's 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 i i personally think um looking back and examining it all i think it's ambiguous at best yeah i think that's a fair statement okay 
you know, in the in the novel, he does die because that was based on the last full set of scripts sure. and storyboards, mm-hmm. uh, which is what was intended to happen. Okay, he was going to go out. You know, I thought, oh great, you know, go out a hero. Yeah. I'm happy with yeah. that. Blaze you know, of Glory, along sure. with a lot of other classic characters. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's he's earned this. And I was I was actually quite excited once. Once, so uh, you know, I had a little chat with JJ about it ahead of time and stuff. So, and I'm like, okay, yeah, like, this is good. This is good. And there was like about a, a month before I think the uh, release, there was an extra shot in the film of where you actually see the Tantive Four, the ship that he's, which mm-hmm. was a Leia's original ship from from the first Star Wars movie. Oh wow! That gets the Death Star plans. It's, okay, it's, it's the exact same ship. Huh. I didn't um, make that connection. That's interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it's the same one. So um, yeah, the very first ship you see in the Star Wars movie is that one. Wow! So there was a shot of it uh, f- uh, failing and. Uh, you know, I don't know what it was doing, apparently. I didn't see this shot, but I was told about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you saw that it was gone. It was done with. And then at the last minute, that shot was removed. Okay. Uh, and traditionally, with with all these Star Wars films, you always see an X-Wing explode. Or yeah, you yeah. see, you know, yeah. you, it's pretty clear, oh, yeah. they're gone. You know, you, they have the interior of them going, ah, and then they cut to the outside and you see an explosion. So <laughs> they do it every single time. But they didn't do it with this one. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if maybe it was just the timing of the edit that it, it was one beat too many okay. in this high high moment of drama and they just thought oh it's just kind of too distracting or people are worrying about him dying yeah, when yeah. they really need to be worrying about the right. bigger picture of right. things you know so or did they want to save the Tantive Four for something else in the future yeah um, because. We don't see it explode. We, you know, in spite of what people keep telling me online, yeah. well, I saw him <laughs> right. catch fire, and I saw him do this, that, and I saw it. We don't actually see that. Yeah, we see the moment before it, but we don't actually see that. And then we hear shortly afterwards where Poe says, "We're back online," because uh-huh. he was getting zapped as well, remember? Yeah, yeah. And all right. the other guys were right. So, and then I don't know. I mean, it looks like there's something that looks a bit like the Tantive for landing above the trees okay. near the end. Uh, I don't know if it is that or something else, but it looks kind of the same to me. Um, so I don't know if that was a deliberate thing that okay. they thought, oh, hang on, maybe we, we need to future-proof this yeah. uh, because it is Leia's ship. You yeah. know, it's the one sh- that and the Falcon are the oh, two sure. sort of, yeah. uh, you know, well, and then Luke's X-Wing, I guess. Those are the three sort of key vehicles yeah. throughout all nine films. I mean, you know, they said they'll, they're done with that story and they, you know, in the future it'll be other things. But... I don't know. Uh, so I'm really not sure. I'd like to know what specifically JJ and yeah. uh, Kathleen Kennedy say about it. Yeah. Um, uh, or maybe they're like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, so, it's, it's really funny. It is yeah, funny. You know, like, I wish it was definitive one way or the other. Yeah. I don't mind what it is, but I just wish that it yeah, wasn't I ambiguous. Imagine. I just thought it was <laughs> it was funny to me that, you know, in, in the on the heels of that movie, it's like all these questions like, what happened to him? What happened to him? just seemed like it popped up right away and there was so much interest in that i, I just i i like yeah. that i thought it was kind of cool it's it's it uh, is, yeah. it's fun for the and character you know that he's inspired such loyalty and people like just have to know it's amazing isn't yeah. it really i mean <laughs> for what what was just a little you know a little he was he was a chorus girl when he first started out you right know? <laughs> broadway chorus girl yep, and then yep. he he got pulled to the front and then suddenly he's in all these books and comics and yeah. games and, oh, yeah. and all the toys and Although he still doesn't have a Lego figure yet, so is or that and true? he doesn't have a wow, uh, yeah, which is a, a, a crime. And I, also, I agree. Yeah, he needs a you know the Black Series figure as they sure. call them. They're the larger. He doesn't have one of those yet oh, either. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, 
if enough people put it out there. Um, he did just, however, get a Hot Wheels car last oh, that's month, cool. finally. That's pretty so, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to play with those good. when I was a kid, so that's kind of nice. That but, is cool. So it's great, though. It's wonderful that the fans really like him. Uh, well, I think for me, I mean, he's just very appealing visually. I mean, he when I first saw him, he reminded me of Dopey from Snow White, you know, with the big, <laughs> yeah, big ears and big eyes. I can see that. Uh, so I thought he was quite endearing anyway, but... My approach to him was always the exact opposite of what other traditional creatures in Star Wars are. You know, the a creature character tends to, to move in a very creature-like way, you know, and they, mm. they tend to sort of have a, a, a certain kind of a life and movement style to them and to their faces and the way they blink and, and the way their, their expressions are. And with him, he's almost the opposite of that. He's almost yeah. like a car- cartoon where he's he's going from like pose to pose, yeah. you know. It's like, um, no, I'm sad. I'm looking down, and now I'm up, and I'm concerned, and now I'm here, and it's yeah. all very much, you know, it's like cartoon stuff to me. And I always tried to think of him in that way as going from pose to pose to pose mm-hmm. to to try and register very clean, very clear expressions um, with doing very little at all, which I suppose comes from you know not only Muppets, which is what that's what they do basically. A good, sure. a good. Muppet performance is is just it's not a bunch of movement it's 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 you know less is more and mm-hmm. animation is very much that as well so certainly my puppetry helped my animation but my animation also helped my puppetry yeah. which fed into the new um, especially the new nine num stuff in the costume you know when when you watch him he's doing very little uh, you know he's he, he'll have a head attitude or he'll turn in a certain way but it'll be very specific and very clean. It won't be all noisy and just yeah. everything moving all the time. So, so that was a conscious decision, and it, it's it's completely the opposite of all the other sure. uh, character Star Wars uh, creatures, really, in a way. And I think, in a way, that's part of his secret of his success, perhaps. Sure. Well, he is, it's just a really, it's a clever design that's very engaging. I, I think like you're saying that those big expressive eyes, you know, really do pull yeah. you in and it, and it makes him, you know, it, it, when you're looking at the old, uh, the original trilogy and there's, there's so many different creatures and characters mm. around, there's something about that character that really stands yeah. out. You know, he's very memorable. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. It's, it's, interesting. it's hard to, 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 you know, qualify that in a way, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful that he's fun. You know, I, I do hope I get to perform him again yeah. at some point. I may, yeah. especially if they go back in the timeline. You sure. Know, uh, well, who, I mean, with Disney Plus and all the things Well, that's the thing and, yeah. and other things. I would love that very much sure. to, to be able to get back into him Absolutely. again. But if not, I mean, my goodness me, you know, 35 years of, of doing, a, you know, a 35 year span or more, I guess, of doing that character. Yeah. You know, in in uh, four movies and, and a Disney ride now as well. Yeah. Oh, so, that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we did as well. So it's like, wow, you know, what a great gift that was uh, to be given. You know how you know. Yeah, I'll never never take it for granted at all. Well, I've got two more things I want to ask you about moving outside sure. of Star Wars for a minute. Uh, for starters, my co-host Eric is the biggest Jurassic Park fan, so he would never forgive me. <coughs> If I didn't ask you a little Great. bit about your work with the Jurassic Park franchise, so can you tell I us a little that about that? Be, yeah, that would be amazing, actually. Yeah, um, it, again, it sort of ties in with the Star Wars stuff, though. Okay. I mean, of course, it was directed by Joe Johnson, who, yeah. um, who, by some weird coincidence, uh, storyboarded the uh, battle sequence in Return of the Jedi. Really? Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And he designed Boba Fett 
and he designed the Millennium Falcon. Wow. So he, d- he directed uh, Jurassic Park 3. So I saw him again, you know, during yeah. that time. That was okay. kind, of, kind of fun. Um, we, you know, we both went off to uh, Java the Hutt to get coffee at ILM. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, I love a good uh, pun. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Me too. So, uh, but I went, to, I went to ILM initially because, let's see, I'd, I'd left Pixar. And okay. I spent a few months um, at a, a Wild Brain in San Francisco uh, animating Hershey's uh, Kisses commercials and things like that. Oh, interesting. And uh, just uh, until uh, ILM were ready to, to grow up. Mm-hmm. So um, the idea was, you know, I, I knew that they were going to do a CG Yoda. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, having doubled for Frank and knowing okay. how the kinetics of his motion works, you know, I, I knew why Yoda moved the way he did and because of the way Frank's hand was inside the head and, mm-hmm. and what was going on in there. I, you know, it's like, okay, I, I know, you know, rather than just randomly animating Yoda, there's a, there's a logic behind this. Sure. So I wanted to be a part of the influencing that okay. <clears throat> um, as a puppeteer. So that was my logic behind it. So, however, I got halfway through, they always put everyone through like a, a month or whatever of training in okay. ILM, you know, to learn their software basically. Okay. Um, and how you pull in match backgrounds for match moves and, and all their, their own specific software for the faces and that sort of thing. So, so I was in the ILM, uh, training and, um, I got pulled out about halfway through because one of the animators for JP three, uh, went off to work on a James Bond game or something. I guess he got a better deal somewhere and <laughs> off he went okay. and they were a person short. So, so Dan Taylor, the animation director for Jurassic park three, uh, uh, pulled me in uh, somehow, and um, so I got to to work on that for about six months. Okay, and it was fun. I actually really enjoyed uh, uh, doing doing that stuff, and I, I liked Dan. And we got on well together, and that was a, you know a, a pleasant a pleasant experience. So that's kind of how that came about. And okay. then after that, when it finished, then I went back on to Attack of the Clones. By which time they were halfway through everything, and and Yoda was already established, and nobody really wanted to hear what i had to say about it so so uh, <laughs> okay. that was that really okay uh so and then after, after when that finished <clears throat> i'd been at ilm for a year and they said do you want to stay on um and extend your contract for another whatever it was six months or a year or whatever um we can put you on um angley's the hulk oh okay <clears throat> and i thought i couldn't think of anything worse uh, for me personally <laughs> you know doing digital stunts stunts Thingy. it's like that's not acting that's not characters to me i thought no no there are a lot of other people here that are also about to be let go and they would they would much rather do that than me let them have it so okay. i i decided to leave so <laughs> it just wasn't me you okay know? sure so what what was your main area of focus on jurassic park were there specific uh like dinosaurs that, that, that you were working on or how, how does that all work <clears throat> yeah i mean you just get assigned shots really okay. like um uh, random stuff really okay uh, like um, there's there's um, uh, which one was it there was it the Allosaurus where he pokes his head through the hole in the fence and okay. they're running through the uh-huh. yeah that was my shot oh, and okay. then um, there's uh, at the end of the fight where the the T Rex and that one fight each other and 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 I think is it the T Rex that that gets killed and lands on the ground and Sam Neil runs around him okay uh, that was that was my shot as well all right. So, uh, and I was pretty well left to, um, do what I wanted with it. You know, it's like, well, this is, this is the, le- this is the background plate. The dinosaur has to land just, you know, and have fun. So, 
So, you know, you work out all the physics, yeah. and, and that was something I always thought I wasn't too bad at, you know, okay. it was just the, the gravity and the weight and the, and the physics of it, and how, he, you know, the little bounce when it lands, and, and then I did a little uh, twitch in the leg, you know, as it, after he died, just like a little muscle sure. spasm, you can see, and they let me keep that in there oh, and nice. stuff, so... So things like and then we had some baby pteranodons, uh, which um, when oh, they're yes. pecking at the kid yeah. in the nest, mm-hmm. uh, did did some of those. And then okay. there was a um, a raptor that's jumping up at the tree, jumping up at the camera. That yeah. was my shot as well. Okay, and, well that's all the heavy hitters. It sounds like so <laughs> it sounds like you got some to work random, with quite a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, some random stuff. <laughs> Great. Uh, and finally, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the show Kidding. Uh, Kidding. This is uh, I, such a such a weird and compelling show. Like I just didn't know what to expect when I started that show, but was, I was really just interested in all the things that was going on with it. And that seems like sort of a an outlier with the other things that you've done. So can you talk a little bit about how that came about and what your experience <coughs> on that show is like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was. I mean, it's certainly not a kids show. It's definitely right. an yes. adult adult uh, show. Yep. Um, you know, it's it, adult themes and stuff. It just happens to be about a. Uh, uh, a kid's uh, TV uh, puppet guy, <laughs> yeah, um, sort of, sort of Mister Rogers, but it also taps into uh, uh, you know other older American, I guess, kid puppet human shows mm-hmm. uh, specifically in, in that whole ethos and those those old values and stuff. Okay. Um, so, but one of the writers was actually a, a, a Muppet guy who used to work on Sesame Street as a puppeteer and then later on a writer. Um, Joey. So that was kind of a nice little Muppet link there. With Muppets, you know, we're in the puppet world and the humans come into our world. With Kidding, it was the opposite. You know, we were, you know, sort of side characters. We were puppets that were having to work within their real human world. Right. So it was a, yeah. a little different for us. You know, sets were not raised up off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so we had to you know, work very low on, on trolleys and okay. crawling around and even on location as well, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so it was a different, you know, it's, it's, it's puppets the second fiddle, definitely, but, but, you know, not, not only less important, but you are having to work within their sort of sets and things. That was interestingly enough. Here's the funny thing. I, you know, as you probably guessed, you know, I generally don't audition for anything. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, every once in a while I'll do a few just because like I, Think, well maybe i should or mm-hmm. or i really want to, to do this job or whatever and yeah. I'll, I'll go off and audition but it's very rare and usually when i audition i never get the job anyway because <laughs> they're looking for an american accent sure. or or something completely different or it's already been predetermined and they're just going through the motions you know that does happen as well um and so uh so you know like yeah whatever but you know i i'd uh designed this um puppetry academy uh secrets of puppetry where i was sort of teaching all the things that jim and frank had taught me over the years and that i'd learned on, on my career okay. so that's my on- online puppetry course and then one of the lessons that i wanted to add was uh, auditioning okay uh you know because people are going to want to know yeah. uh, how do i audition you know what's it like what advice do you have and i thought well i can't really teach about auditioning if i don't go along <laughs> and audition yeah so I thought, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'll audition for this thing. <laughs> but but <laughs> I'll go. primarily as research. Yeah, yeah. It was point. like just, okay. so, just so I could, you know, you can't, it's not right to teach stuff without actually doing it. Sure. So, so I thought, you know, I'll use this as my sort of sample uh, lesson, essentially. You know, not expecting to get the job. So I kind of went along and, and auditioned and joked around with the, you know, in fact, in 
they had me do different readings. Uh, okay. Mich- Michel Gondry was was uh, there in the audition as okay. well, and uh, um, and I read. They had five characters, but they just decided just to have me read for the secret chef. Okay. So we had this whole big long monologue, and I just did did what I thought it would be with my little puppet that I brought along. And so while they were discussing uh, in, amongst themselves, you know, at the at the producers' table. To try having me try different things i would be having a conversation with my puppet in between the the, <laughs> the you know the, the yeah. auditions and um or, you know on camera and of course i had the cameras pointed at us as well because they knew that sometimes they might want to see puppeteers as well as the puppet yeah so we were kind of both being auditioned oh, really see. without okay. them sort of saying That's it interesting um so uh so i you know, I sort of basically started out, you know, my, my puppet and I were having a bit of a debate, shall we say, about <laughs> a few things. And I was telling him to be quiet. And, you know, it's not, you know, they're trying to concentrate and it's, it's whatever I was. I came up with all kinds of stupid stuff, <laughs> and, you know, telling him to, to behave himself. And nobody wants to hear what he has to say. And and I think that was actually what got me the job, <laughs> yeah. not the actual audition itself. It like it. So, yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, I got the job and I thought, oh, okay. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to do this now. <laughs> but it was it was wonderful and Jim Jim Carrey was amazing. He was so lovely. Um and he was very appreciative of, of you know he he saw me falling around with the puppet yeah. you know, offset and playing around and he kind of came up to me and said, oh, "I saw what you were doing that was so funny." And oh, oh man. Nice. And he, yeah, we we got on really really well and we'd have little chats offset about all kinds of things in between scenes and stuff and and um the, uh, the the set where um, Mr. Pickle's uh, yeah. puppet time is is built is on um, I think it's something like stage twenty six on uh, at MGM <laughs> and it was um, uh, the same stage where they filmed uh, the Scarecrow song in The Wizard of Oz. Oh wow! You know, if I only had a brain. Yeah. And usually, it's, this is something that I always do. Whenever we're on location with Muppets or we go to different places, I always research, okay, what happened here? You yeah. know, what, what, what's the history of this place? So I'd already, you know, figured this out. So I, you know, I told Jim Carrey that, and he got really excited. He's like, oh, that's my favorite song, and, and I, I love the idea that Mr. Pickles set is on the same stage yeah. as the Scarecrow, and he got all excited about it. Um, so that was really nice. Yeah. And then... Um, I asked him later uh, if he ever met Jim Henson, you know, mm-hmm. and and he just sort of took a moment and sort of looked down and looked sad and said, "No, I never did." Uh, you know, I wish I wish I had. I mean, those two would have got on like a house on fire. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you know, Jim Carrey on the Muppet Show oh, or yeah. something. I mean, yeah. of course he wasn't. You know, he would have been too young. But but um, they never met each other. You know, isn't that a shame? That is isn't a that shame. Sad? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I can picture it. I feel like I can picture Jim Carrey on the Muppet Show like nothing. Like it would, you're right. Absolutely. It, would, it would go perfect. Be amazing. So yeah. you know, but then they also should have had Robin Williams and, oh, sure. and Dick Van Dyke. You know, yes. And, uh, so anyway, what do I know, right? <laughs> so that's my that's my kidding story, oh, that's and I'm funny. stuck with it. That's funny the way. That <laughs> can you tell people where they can find your your puppetry school? Is it on, online? Okay, it is. Yes. Um, it's uh, let's see. I believe if they go to uh, secretsofpuppetry.com, okay. I think that's the that's the uh, actual site. Uh, Academy.secretsofpuppetry.com, and from there they should probably pick the the first level, which is bronze. Okay. And I actually have a special going on right now. Really. So, 
for yeah, like sixty percent off. Okay, sixty percent off. So so uh, it's yeah, it's got some good reviews and stuff, That's and people great. are seem happy with it, and yeah. So so uh, yeah, it's something that I think just needed to be to be created before sure. all that knowledge was was yeah. forgotten and, yeah. and lost. You know, absolutely. So um, but it starts from from beginner, like how you even how you even stand and mm-hmm. what happens with your hand and your arm bones and just all basic stuff. And then, yeah. it, and how you, how you work your shoulders. And then it kind of goes into head turns and, and, um, lip sync and, and, uh, counting and, and, uh, all little sort of tricks and techniques basically that, um, that sort of add up to become, to become a, a Muppet performance wow. for, for any film or TV stuff really. So it's kind of all in there. Um, and it, what you put in obviously is what you get out, you know? So, yeah. Well, that, that sounds fascinating. Mike, you've been so generous with your time. I really appreciate you taking the time to both do the program for the library and then follow up here with an interview for the podcast so everybody can hear it. Uh, thanks very much. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. It's and been a uh, real yeah, pleasure. I wish everybody the, I wish everyone the best with it all out there. Okay, yeah. All right, same to you. Cheers. Thanks so much. All right. So that website again is secretsofpuppetry.com. And you can also find more information and autograph links at kzopia.com. That's Q-Z-O-P-I-A.com. So I was shocked when he said that there's no nine-nub Lego figure. Doesn't it seem like it's, there just it's is? It's crazy because when, is it Kenner that was doing the Star Wars toys? Like post the post Probably. New Hope yeah, and everything? Yeah, I think so, yeah. When, when they were doing those toys, they made an action figure out of every single background yeah. character you could get. How... How do you not have that Lego figurine so you can do an assault on the second Death Star I know. In, in Lego form? I know. I actually had, like, when we finished the interview, I had to stop and, like, research that because I was like, surely that can't be true. Yeah. But no. it definitely is. Um, it's but it's I, weird. I know. I was sure that I'd seen him in Lego form before, and I looked it up. I thought maybe he was in one of the shorts, but uh, he's in Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy, the one that was mm-hmm. back on, like, GameCube era right but yeah. that's since been in like the complete saga and uh the yeah. upcoming skywalker saga and he's a, a full playable character in lego star wars the force awakens but yeah and uh to be fair also jurassic park 3 uh had a pretty fun lego set really did it yeah interesting yeah. oh my gosh so. when he started asking me to confirm dinosaur names i just in my head i was like <laughs> You have no idea how much the wrong yeah. half of the All the Books show you have in front of you right now because, yeah. like, I can't answer. He's not asking me, like, Hanna-Barbera facts, you know? He's mm-hmm. like, was that the Allosaurus? And I'm like, Eric! Nick, there's no Allosaurus in Jurassic Park 3. Okay. In fact, the Allosaurus didn't make his first appearance in those films until Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, okay. It, it's one of the, uh, the dinosaurs you see running alongside the gyrosphere. Okay. And then they're selling it on display in yeah. the second half of that movie. They say a juvenile Allosaurus, which is good yeah. because it is a very small Allosaurus, and Allosaurus has got big. They were basically okay. the lions of the Jurassic era. Yeah. Well, it was interesting so. to hear him talk about that. Uh, and just the, he mentioned the specific scenes that, you know, that, he, that he'd yeah. worked on. I remember those. So, you know, it was, it was mm-hmm. cool to hear that. Uh, when he started talking about Ang Lee's Hulk, I was like, I cannot believe Eric's missing this. But yeah. then he didn't. He but he turned, he, he turned, turned it, down. it down. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's funny because he, he turned it down because he didn't want to just animate action scenes. Yeah, pretty much. But I don't think Ang Lee's Hulk is known as an action film. Yeah. As much as I love that movie, and I, I I do love it, yeah, and there is some good action in it. It's definitely not the action movie of the Hulk. Well, he was intrigued, I think, by the but just the, the sheer physics of, of what it takes yeah. to animate a dinosaur. You know, I mean, that was yeah. really oh, yeah. intriguing yeah. for him. But um, yeah, yeah, and I'm Boy. a big fan of the 
Little Shop of Horrors film. Yeah. But the, the puppetry work. I mean, they, he's basically singing songs yeah. with Rick Moranis in that. I so. know. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, it's so hard. Like, to interview like this, when you look at, like, filmography and the stuff he's worked on, I mean, I feel like we could have done just a whole episode on the Muppet Christmas Carol, you know, yeah. and we hardly got into it. That or Muppet Treasure Island. Or, or Labyrinth. Yeah, Labyrinth. Man, I know or, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal aren't your jam. Yeah. Uh, no, I like, I like Labyrinth. You, you I, like I, Labyrinth? I only saw it recently. Crystal you don't like. Well, I actually haven't seen the original movie. It was the uh, uh, the, ne- the Netflix series was what I saw. Okay. Um, but we as har- a kid, Dark yeah. Crystal kind of scared me. I think. Okay. I yeah, mean, Labyrinth kind of scared me a bit as a kid yeah, too. But spooky. it was just something. It was. It just was so cool. Just the whole Labyrinth. I mean, I love Labyrinth. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. So. I mean, he mentioned Pixar, but we just we didn't dig into that. But he worked on yeah. a Bug's Life. He worked on Toy Story Two. He animated the Woody's Roundup sequence in Toy Story Two. Oh, that's fun. So just an amazing yeah. career. Fraggle yeah. Rock. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. So I just watched the intro music dancing to Fraggle Rock because fr- my wife had no memory of it. I don't think she ever watched Fraggle Rock. Really? Oh, that's wow. what happens when you like you don't think like four years is a difference, but it is. Yeah. It's a Fraggle Rock length of distance. Yeah, that's true. That's a so, good point. I would have thought uh, to put it quite in that way. but uh, It's cool. I mean, you you, really, you just binged kidding. I know. I did, yeah. That was the thing that you just disappeared into. Like, you just came out. I was like, oh, what, what day is it? I just I, watched kidding. You're not even joking. That's true. <laughs> and uh, I don't have – the second season is out, and I don't have it yet. And I'm, I'm just dying to know what happens. And Mike you, is, is in the second season, so. Do you feel satisfied with – the possible fate of Ninnub. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't resist asking about that because yeah. that was like everywhere. Did that you was read the everywhere. Book? I did. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and it is it is more cut and dry. He's right. It is more cut and dry in the book that that Ninnub does meet his ultimate fate. But he's right about the movie. Like it seems like it's heading in that direction, but like you don't see it and pose okay. So like, I don't yeah, know. I I do think that uh, I could see why the people in charge of star Wars and like its future would be concerned about like Leia's ship. Yeah. Um, you know, cause they would, that's, I mean, how long they, they're just, it's all legacy in, the, oh, yeah. in those films. Oh, so yeah, yeah I, I could see that just as a, so, uh, smart thinking Ninda, but anyway, being yeah. in the right ship. That's true. If, if, <laughs> He's if, like, I'll if, take that one. <laughs> yeah. If, if Canon later, uh, proves that Ninda survived, yep. then that was a smart yep. call. Yeah. We will know. I have a good feeling about that ship. Yeah. Don't ask me why. <laughs> oh boy. Where is the ambassador? <laughs> oh boy all right well uh, thanks again to our guest mike quinn uh with the the zoom program for the kids was great today and we we really enjoyed having him on the interview uh eric mentioned the websites earlier but if you if you want to find the puppetry classes that he was talking about you can find that at secretsofpuppetry.com and yeah qzopia.com with a lot of interesting info there you can get signed things uh, a lot of uh, a lot of info on the web there so anyway uh that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the all the book show we'll see you next time Mm -hmm.